Mino Lion Media presents Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith. PJ, thanks for joining the conversation. Yeah, of course, man. My, my pleasure. Big fan. Oh, man. And, and I of you uh, and your family. Who is PJ Morton? People say, well, PJ Morton. I know the name. It rings a bell. Who is PJ Morton? That's a, that's a big question. Uh, <laughs> Let's start I right mean, off with a big question. Yeah, who am I? You know, I think ultimately I'm a guy who wants to contribute, you know, to this world with 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 my art and, and just my person in general. You know, I'm a person who loves love and love people, to be honest, you know, even if I don't want to be around them all the time, you know, I love them. <laughs> I, lo- I genuinely love people and want to see people be them, their, their best selves, you know, and exactly who their purpose to be. Um, and, you know, and, and I think that's who I am and you color all the, the music and the, you know, uh, the stuff around it. But I think ultimately that's, that's who I am. Yeah. So your starts are in uh, New Orleans, correct? That's right. Born and raised. Yeah. Talk to me about how um, how your beginnings led you into what is your passion. Yeah, well, well I think from, uh, from a couple sides. One, a preacher's kid, you know, grew up in the church playing music. And, of course, the gospel music and church in general, like, molded me into what I, what I would be later on. And then also the side of New Orleans in music, the 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 non-sacred side, you know, um, uh, music is just so important to the city of New Orleans, to, to, to the culture of New Orleans is really like embedded in it. Like, so you can't get away from that. So me seeing the jazz cats and seeing a bounce music and all of that happen and then be in the church, it kind of like, is probably why I'm a, a mesh and mold of all these different things, you know? You know, it's interesting. So, um, for those who are listening who don't know, uh, Bishop Paul S. Morton, is PJ's dad from Full Gospel Baptist Church Fellowship. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting your dad. Uh, I did a campaign called the 50 Million Pound Challenge. Uh, nice. uh, and your dad um, was one of our, our church sponsors, had me come to the church, and uh, he did it, helped us with the campaign. So I have a fond place in my heart for your dad personally. I know everyone else loves him because he's Bishop sure. Morton. Everyone knows Bishop Morton. But for me, um, when we were trying to help African-Americans lose weight and get better health, we called on him uh, and he answered the call. And I am always yeah. grateful for that. So for those who don't know, that is that is where you come from. But you also talk about growing up in the church. And I guess what I'm interested in is you're in a musical city. You grow up in the church. Was music something that you naturally gravitated towards or was did your dad say, you're going to learn how to do X? I mean, how did the music come into your being? Yeah, th- there was no pressure um, until I said, I really want to do this. You know, uh, <laughs> like like my family, it, it was the it was the hobby of choice. Like at Christmas, when all my families we're we're singing and we're playing like it wasn't something that I felt was a chore. It's like, no, I want to do that. I want to play like my uncle. I want to sing like my dad. You know, it wasn't like they had to force me. It was it was never that. But when I did tell my dad, all right, dad, I really I want to sing. Or I had the solo at <laughs> at church and he and he turned into Joe Jackson. I'm like, oh, man, so this, <laughs> he, he was cool when I wasn't 
you know, when I wasn't get, getting serious about it, but when I got serious, he's like, you're not going to embarrass me. Like, this is what we do. <laughs> this is what we do as a family. Uh, but but that's where it came from, from my family initially. I mean, it was, I, I have so many amazing singers, cousins and uncles and aunts. They're amazing. And so just to watch that in my own home uh, made me want to do it. And then, of course, you know, my dad said he prayed over my hands, you know, when I was when I when I'd be sleeping as a kid because he needed a musician. So he didn't <laughs> force me, but I eventually became his musician for many, many years. Um, so I think it was a combination of all of that stuff. I want to ask a uh, I want to ask a global question that I want to ask a really granular question. So the global question is. People who don't know gospel music and or just church music or rhythmic church music in the black church. They don't understand how I like to say it. There's something about the music that gets into your bone marrow. There's something mm -hmm. about the beat and the lyrics and the cadence that it really feels like it seeps into your bone and it moves you like it just even if you're someone like myself who listens to Eric, all kinds of, I listen to hip hop, I listen to R&B, I listen to rock, soft rock. But when you hear gospel music, it just does something to you. Help, help the listeners understand why and what it does to you. Yeah, I mean, I think um, that, I mean, it, you, you're right. I mean, it's so interesting. It's true. It's, it's almost like it's, it's, it's made in, in that way to touch you. Uh, but when you talk about hip hop and you talk about, jazz when you talk about r&b um its roots are in gospel you know like like so the the way we feel that stuff in the beat we feel in hip-hop comes from that place you know and um you know I, I think for me soul music is so connected i started to think about this later on uh in my career like why isn't soul music the way it was and for better or worse uh people don't go to church as much it's not it's not just a part of your you know, it used to be like you had the black family had to go to church on Sunday morning. We had to drag you no matter what. And I think that the um that that not being such a thing anymore has affected the music as far as soul music and the stuff that gets right to your heart. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 something unexplainable because it was before us. Like it's mm -hmm. it's it's rooted and 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 built and cooked. Um, in there by our ancestors that brought this spiritual music here. And it's designed, it's designed mm. to, I mean, you know, when you talk about slaves singing to uh, escape and to pass time, it's designed to comfort, you know? Mm. I mean, that's where it comes from. So I think ultimately, even if we're not still there singing in the fields anymore, it's still that same spirit of comfort, you know, and love in the rooted, I mean, like in the music baked into it, you know? You know, when you hear somebody like uh, the Mississippi Mass Choir mm. sing, I'm not tired yet. Uh, you, yeah. I don't care what kind of music you tend to listen to on nine to five during the day. You can't help but be moved by the power of the vocals and the rhythm. It just, it's true. I, it just does something to you. I don't know how else is, it just. Yeah. I am, um, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, like in, in rock music and pop music, you know, uh, they, well, atheists even, you know, uh, and they're like, man, we want to come to church. We love your dad's church. 
and and they're like you know we're not christians you know but man the music just the music just touches us and we would see that in my dad's church people would travel from all around the world europe and you know and we knew they possibly weren't believers but that music um it just has a power man <laughs> a so real let, thing. Me, let me ask you my granular question which is um what was your process because i'm always interested in people's process of, of mastery right mm -hmm. what was your process of learning the keyboard was it lessons with someone sitting on the other end of the bench with a ruler smacking your hand what is the process right i mean for me it is this is how i know it's a gift dr ian you know because i did not learn music i don't know how to read music um i i learned purely from uh my ears you know i play by ear i i um i would listen to i mean one of my earliest memories of learning how to play is like playing all in the family on the piano. And then, and so uh, TV show themes, I was really drawn to cheers and what's happening now. And, uh, and, and dear John, all of these, you know, cause they were good back then. Those songs were good, uh, uh, you know, uh, family ties, all of those uh, golden girls, you know what I mean? So I would learn, I would hear those melodies and, and that's where I started to play. And then my dad, bless his heart, man. He always, when he saw potential, he pushed me right ahead of where I thought I was ready for it. Like I say, oh, I'm getting kind of decent now. And he's like, all right, I want you to play for the children's church, you know? And I'm like, well, I, I'm cool, but I wasn't ready for that, you know? And then I'm then I'm flying children's church now. We killing back there. And he's like, all right, I want you to do the main service. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I, I'm not ready for that, you know? And even that went further, even with singing. He knew I wanted to sing, but I was so shy, but so comfortable behind the keys. And he's like, Man, I, can can you sing a song for my anniversary? I'm like, yeah, I don't want to, you know. But <laughs> he really always saw it before I did, and um, but that was my process. So um, my 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 practicing was on the job. I always tell people I would play, but because I didn't have a teacher, I would just literally um, repeat the little stuff I knew, like the three things I knew. I would just play them over and over and over, and then I would try to play them in every key. And then I would mess up and I would say, wait, I heard I heard that chord before. And in my mess up, I would find out how they played something I didn't know. And that's literally how I would get to it. But wait, but there was no like nothing online, like a manual saying, this is how you play this chord and that chord. No, this so, is before that. Yeah, and I, t I tell kids now, like with YouTube, I mean, you could literally go and find how to play a song. You know, I didn't I didn't have anywhere to go to do that. I had to sit there with myself. So when I was in, you know, I went to church. I'm part of the, when you said you had to go to church every Sunday, I grew up in the church, okay? Right. And we had a, uh, we had Reverend Wiley Whitaker, okay? Mm. And he looked and behaved like he sounds, uh, Wiley Whitaker. And, uh, but um, he could play anything. I mean, and as a little kid, what I loved the most was, and what was psychologically unbelievable to me was he would get up and walk to the piano not a sheet of music anywhere and just start banging out the song. And so my grandmother would say, well, yeah, you know, Wiley, cause, cause now one day they try to put music in front of him mm. and it didn't work. And my grandmother said, no, no, uh, Reverend Whitaker played by ear. I said, what does that mean? Play by ear. She yeah. says, she says he can just hear how something's supposed to go and he can work it out. And I was like, that's a, that's a gift that you just. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I, I literally can't, tell you all i remember is not knowing how to play 
and then knowing how to play. I don't remember, like, I remember, like, getting better at it, but I don't remember totally not knowing and then, you know, knowing. It just happened at some point, but it was it was by ear. And what's so crazy is, you know, that, that seems abnormal now, but to get to notation, there had to be somebody who played by ear first. So it's always funny to me, like, when my, my purest friends, you know, and my educated friends are looking down on the person that plays by ear. It's like, no, that's the gift. If y'all didn't have the ear, nobody would have been able to write it down so these people without the ear could learn how to do it, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly right. I look, listen, your resume is ridiculous. The acts you've worked with, uh, Stevie Wonder, Lil Wayne, Manny Fresh, Trombone Shorty, uh, Mac Main. I mean, you've worked with all the big ones. But I have to tell you, my personal favorite, um, and I shouldn't say my personal favorite, all these I love, but... What I love is looking at your history coming from the church and coming from New Orleans and then knowing this cat is the keyboardist for Maroon 5? <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, how does that happen? Man, it, it, it's the story of my life. I guess just, you know, being at right places at right times. I was, uh, I was on a tour of my own um, solo and I was actually pretty burnt out. You know, I was like, at that time, I had done all these venues I was doing. You know, we were redoing them. The crowds weren't really growing. And I'm like, man, I've been doing it for years. And I got a call from my from my, my friend who's a music director, uh, Adam Blackstone. And Adam was like, hey, man, Maroon 5, they, they want a keyboard player that can sing. And I'm like, I'm in the middle of this tour. I was like, I would be like in the band, though. He, he's like, yeah. So, so he's like, you got it. I told him you're the one. And then he called back. He's like, man, they want you to audition because they don't know you. Now, I had never done an audition in my life. <laughs> and neither had they, though. They've been a band since eighth grade, right? So they told me to learn Sunday morning. I learned it. I went to L.A. I canceled the last three dates of my tour, postponed them because I was like, I, you know, I need something drastic. Went to L.A., played. We, we clicked immediately. I could feel it. And then they had other people uh, to audition that day. And... They told me later on, like, we knew, so we had to see those guys. Next day, they canceled auditions, right? And uh, it's been uh, 12, 12 years, going on 12 years in July, and it literally changed my life. Those guys have been so supportive of me, too. Like, I've done double duty, opening up for Maroon 5, closing as, I mean, uh, opening up as PJ Morton, closing as Maroon 5 all over the world. Um, and, and, you know, I've done the Super Bowl. We've done the, the Oscars. It's crazy, man. Like I, that's one of the things I'm a big planner and like a, a marketing guy, but I could have never, uh, planned that one. That just happened to me, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, honestly, you know, it's a rock, it's rock star status. I mean, you're a part of one of the biggest international bands, you know, in the last 10, that's been around the last 10 to 15 years that everyone loves. I mean, every, you know, it right. crosses all races, all ethnicities, all nationalities. Maroon yeah. 5 just has music that's just good music. You know, one time I was watching uh, a long time ago, it was uh, Branford Marcellus. Uh -huh. And he was talking to Jay Leno and he was being interviewed and um, he was saying, they were talking about the kind of music he listened to. And he said, I listen to everything. He said, good music, is great in every genre. It, it's, it's not about the genre. Country, Western, R&B, hip hop, clap, it doesn't rock, it doesn't matter. Good music is good music. And I said, when I heard him say that. I said, this is the story, because I love music, by the way. I wish I could play an instrument. I used to play trumpet as a kid, but 
But when I heard him say that, I said, this guy is talking about me because I grew up in a small little town in Connecticut mm -hmm. and I listened to everything. I, I listened to Journey and Phil Collins and Air Supply, but I also listened to Run DMC, everything, Pat Banatar, George, because it was just Cindy Lauper. It's just good music to me. And yeah. so when I look at you and all the music you've done coming from where you come from and now being with such a big band like Room 5, I said, this is a musician. This is someone who is great at music. How is it yeah. being in a band that big, that known? I mean, people wonder, how do you travel? Like, how does it feel? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's so crazy, man, because my life went, went full circle. I mean, I, I went to... <laughs> You know, from from kindergarten to seventh grade, I was the only black in my class. Well, until second grade, then Keith Taylor came and we were the only black <laughs> kids. And then we went to high school together and then there was no white person in sight. It was an all black high school. Of course, my dad's church was all black. Right. Uh, so I, I, I always was into all types of different things and was always open to it. My mother, my mother is the one that put me onto the Beatles. You know, my dad told me about the winers. My mom told me about the Beatles. You know, it was like always just whatever is good. And with my dad being a musician and my mom is a musician as well. Like to me, she's very musically inclined. Um, they, they, they just were remained open. And so I, I, I continued to live my life like that because what I started to realize, even joining Maroon 5 is, yeah, we, these remind me of my homeboy. Like these are my guys, <laughs> but my guys that are musicians. Like we, there's so much more that's the same that, that's different than different. You can find that thing that connects to you, and it's really based on what you know, like your reference point. You know, some people will say, "Oh man, you remind me of Stevie on that song," and then somebody will say, "Man, that's like a James Taylor change, like you did." You know, it's all your reference point. So what I've tried to do is get as much reference as possible. So I, you know what I mean? So I can touch all these things and, and feel all these things, um, you know, that, that I've experienced. I want to give people that same thing. How does, how, how does it feel doing something like the Super Bowl, the Oscars? Like talk mm -hmm. to the audience, give us behind the scenes. What happens? Yeah. You get yeah. picked up, you, how are you taking care of all those little things? Yeah, massive. I mean, the Oscars is, is the most exclusive it's ever felt to me. Like, uh, you know, where I was like, oh yeah, like this is, this is something, this is different. You know, even from the Grammys or like this is, the, the Oscars is different. It's, you could tell it's exclusive. And um, just the preparation for it, you could just tell that it was uh, bigger. I will say the Super Bowl is the most security I've ever felt. Like the steps of security that you gotta go. I'm talking about weeks before, cause we rehearsing weeks before um, and you know, we, we had to get like a, like a air hanger to, to, to mirror the stage. And, uh, and then you eventually bring in the, the pyro and stuff to test all of these different things. You know, it's, it's weeks and weeks of preparation. And, um, and then, I mean, you got to tell them what, what clothes you're wearing, you know what I mean? Weeks before they like, don't try nothing. I think I tried to slip in a, I forget what I tried to put on. They took a picture of my hat. They like, Oh, that hat's not good. I'm like, <laughs> I was trying to sneak. I forget what I was trying to sneak in. You know, it was a big cap here, baby. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, but that's it. I never felt something so instant. Super Bowl is you play it and you know how people feel immediately. I'm talking about all over the world. There's nobody not watching the halftime show. And that that was a moment of uh, even though I think it was a rough year, um, 
of the Super Bowl, it 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 like that's kind of when you know you made it a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm like, there's not some, I can't explain this to any of my friends. Like you have to experience this to understand what playing the Super Bowl is. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm excited for for this next Super Bowl for sure because they're about to kill it. Do you get nervous? Yes, I still get nervous. My dad told me that's healthy. He always told me, you know, when you got nervous, then you thinking you can do it without God. You know, he put that in me. But um, but it's always right before, you know, like, let me, you know, but once that note starts, once I touch, then I'm 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 hooping. I'm on the court. I'm playing basketball at that point. You know, once I touch the note, then we in the game. Let's, you know, let's go. But right before, yeah, I get nerves still. And, and what do you say to yourself right before? That's a good question. What do I say? Because I'm very calm right before. It's almost scary. They're like, are you okay? Like, but I'm very chill. But I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to uh because I'm a rather chill person in life. When I get on stage, I'm a very different person. So I think it's just that transformation that's happening for me. Like, all right, let's go. You know, time to be because what I actually feel when I get on stage is that like war like i feel like these like i'll keep putting my hands here it's a keyboard here but like i'm (laughs) i'm going to war you know it's like i feel like i could do anything when i'm on stage like the keyboard feels like a sword like i can i can i can kill anything you know and so that transformation of me being a chill humble laid-back guy is turning into this superhero like all right let's go we're going to battle you know so that's that's kind of the vibe i'm feeling i know i gotta let you go but i I can't let you go without I usually do this thing called the random seven, but I'm going to have to skip that, unfortunately. But okay, I okay. got to ask you, I got to ask about Adam Levine. Yes. You know? What, um, what, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I like Adam Levine, you know. Uh, I didn't like something he did on The Voice, but, you know, but okay. I think uh, I, I think Adam Levine is a great artist, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm the kind of guy where I can separate stuff, okay? Sure. Adam Levine, to me, is a phenomenal artist, and he's a phenomenal performer. Um, and, and I have to ask you, how is it working for, you know, another rock star or working, not for working with, I apologize. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another rock star like Adam Levine. I mean, he is the leader, you know, I'm, 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 I'm confident enough to say for sometimes. I mean, he is, he's our, he's our fearless leader, but we are a band, you know, um, Adam is amazing, man. I mean, he's such a, you know, he has a huge heart. Uh, you know, he is a rock star. I mean, you know, that brings on rock star things sometimes. And when you talk about the voice, it's like, man, being in somebody's home twice a week and maybe, maybe you will say something that somebody doesn't like. That's a hard thing to do when you're, you know, when you're on TV every single week. So even that it's like, I give grace, you know, especially Mm -hmm. because I know the man. And, um, as an artist, I mean, he, to me, his voice may, you know, he's so fly with his singing. But as a person, Adam is super solid. You know, like I think about this pandemic and how so many crews went hungry and like because they couldn't tour. Adam was adamant, like, yo, I'm we keeping staff on because we were supposed to do a tour. Kept staff on until we got out of this thing. And uh, to me, that speaks to who he is, because I, I don't care how big the artists were. They were like, we're not going on tour. Sorry, we can't. But he kept he kept people on. And um, yeah, Adam, he's been great to be. You know, honestly, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't enjoy it. You know, at this point, it's like I can do things because I enjoy them. And and those guys are family to me. One hundred percent. OK, here's the deal. I'm just real fast. I have to because you're too good. OK, okay. This, right. is called the, this is the random seven. I ask you seven random questions or quick. Boom, boom, boom. 
right? Okay. This is your answers, okay? All right. Here we go. What makes PJ Morton angry? What makes me angry? Uh, disrespect. If you could sit down to dinner with someone who you've never met before, who would it be and why? Oh, wow. I've met a lot of my heroes. That that, that gets harder and harder. Um, it could be someone uh, deceased de also. De dead or alive, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I'd probably talk to, uh, let's say, I, I'd talk to Brother Malcolm. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. why? Uh, I just think that he has insight you know he what he's seen and what he was able to do and what he discovered especially late on his later on in his life i just want to talk to him about that you know uh just uh, i i bet i could find a gym in there you know <laughs> um who have you always had a crush on who have i always had a crush on to not get in trouble let's see uh 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 let's neil long neil long is yeah consistent um, <laughs> if you were not a musician and doing what you do mm -hmm. what would you be doing um i think about this i would i would probably be some type of attorney i mean i just don't like the paperwork um or some type of therapist you know uh i, I like to listen and i like to understand you know i'd like to figure things out yeah what does success look like to you Oh, now success looks like doing exactly what you want to do. I mean, meaning I, I'm I'm living even in this moment. I'm doing this because I absolutely want to. Um, you know, success is not money to me anymore. Although money allows you to do whatever you want to do sometimes. Uh, but yeah, family, family, and being able to, to and comfort. Comfort is the highest. Uh, uh, you know, that's the highest point to me. Um, what do you own? that's really expensive and you don't feel guilty about my house <laughs> for sure yeah yeah too much money but i'm i did good <laughs> <laughs> lastly uh someone finds an article a hundred years from now written about pj morton what do you want that article to say man wow um i wanted to say that pj did it his own way. I mean, he could have been a preacher and followed in his dad's footsteps, uh, at least done gospel music as an artist. But he was like, no, nah, let me make it harder on myself. Let me just go outside of the and then uh, let me sign a young money, you know, and then let me join Maroon 5. I just want I just want people to say, like, it was my way, you know, uh, cue Frank Sinatra. But like I, I, I did it and I was authentic. I, I made decisions based on what I really felt uh was was the right thing for me and 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 what allowed me to contribute the most um you know i hope when we look back we'll see that man he just he he kind of did it all kind of different ways you know pj morton musician extraordinaire son of the great bishop paul morton yeah. thank you for joining the conversation thank you for having me man Thanks so much for listening to the conversation today. I hope it has a positive impact on your life. Of course, you can reach out to me and follow me on social. On Twitter, it's at Dr. Ian Smith, D-R-I-A-N Smith. On Instagram, at Dr. Ian Smith. Make sure you spell the doctor out, I-A-N Smith. And on Facebook, Dr. Ian Smith. And of course, if you want to transform your life starting in eight weeks, pick up a copy of my new book. It's called Burn, Melt, Shred. And join our Facebook group by the same name, Burn, Melt, Shred. I do Facebook live sessions, Zoom sessions, all free to help you transform your life.
and make sure you check out my website, www.dreiansmith.com. Make sure you spell out the doctor. Take care. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is hosted by Dr. Ian Smith, associate producer Ariel Mancibo, executive producers Ian Smith and Ken Johnson. Find the Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts, or on IG at Dr. Ian Smith. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is a Mean Old Line Media production.